Hello Makers, welcome back to the Disrupt It Yourself podcast. I am Andrew, and you are awesome. Let's get into it. All right, Noe, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and, and, you know, cutting some time out of your schedule to do a little interview for Disrupt It Yourself. It's really cool. Yeah, my pleasure. some questions for you we've talked a little bit and and actually it's kind of fun because you and I have talked a bunch of times but it's usually via email or some other chat here and there we've been in touch for a while but this is the first time we're really talking at least electronically face to face which is pretty neat you said it not to mention I'm really looking forward to Maker Faire where I'll, I'll actually get to meet you in person yeah, hopefully we'll meet a bunch of other uh, people as well, a lot of makers. It really is that reunion where everybody gets together and finally gets to kind of match the avatar to the real person. Yeah, for real. So, so that's mostly what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, well, I've got some questions for you. Um, do your best to answer them and just whatever comes to your mind. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. They're just some questions that... Uh, I may know a little bit about because we've talked over the years. Um, actually, uh, just as a little anecdote for everyone watching, um, Noe and I were on uh, Adafruit's Show and Tell a couple times together. The first time was on uh, May 23rd. I had to look back to, to find this date. Don't think that I'm like so nah, crazy yeah. <laughs> and I'm keeping track yeah. of that. Uh, but since then we've been friends i think i probably just like reached out to you after i think i saw like the hangout ended and i still had like a list of contacts from the hangout so i was like oh, i'm totally gonna spam this guy and become <laughs> his friend and it worked out all right because we've talked so much and and honestly for the first like two years of our friendship i think it was mostly just non-stop questions from me and you always being really cool to answer them and give me advice and guidance. So officially, thank you so much because you're somewhat it's, responsible for me. <laughs> it's my pleasure, man. It's always fun engaging with the community. Well, and thanks to you, I got my first 3D printer. You, if you'll remember, you were the one telling yeah. me, yeah, dude, yes. pull the trigger. The printer bot. Yes. Oh, the printer bot brings back a lot of memories. Yeah, and that got me going. So I thought this would be a cool opportunity to take some time to <clears> learn <throat> a little bit more about you. And just in case anyone lives under a rock, if you're a maker, you probably know who Noe is. Of course, he works for Adafruit, and he's a total rock star um, in more than one sense because you're also a musician and you make awesome music, which I don't know if everyone realizes <laughs> that. But Thanks. <laughs> so, it's been a while, but yeah, I, I, I like uh, making bloopy sounds when I can. Yeah, and I think I've I'll found that some way. of those from time to time on, I don't know if it was SoundCloud or somewhere. Yeah, it's the SoundCloud, yeah. I went for a deep yep. dive there one time and listened to some of your, your tracks. As you are, you have tracks as well, so hopefully we'll have some links or something so everybody can check them out. Yeah, I'll throw that up. So uh, let's get into a couple of these questions and, and see what Alrighty. you have to say. Um, really, the idea for this interview is I wanted to pick someone um, that that had a perspective on like time management, project management. It's not like the sexiest part of being a maker, but it's a very practical part of it. And I think a lot of people don't really talk about the practical and kind of less entertaining parts of, of what it's like to to create things. So I, as someone who cranks out tons and tons of projects 
and I'm uh, really just impressed by how much you and your brother can can do week after week. Sometimes I'm just like, seriously, I've got the same project from like a year ago, and you guys, you know, you constantly have cool stuff. So the idea here is to talk about that process and what you guys do, um, what helps you personally to you know manage your time and manage these projects and keep getting them done. So that's kind of the general theme of, of this interview. Cool? Yeah, that's great, man. I really like this topic because it's something that I we, we could talk about it, but it, it is one of those things where it's kind of in the back. Uh, we don't really uh, have a good spot for it. We do 3D Hangouts, but that's more about what the project is about, uh, not like as a whole and stepping back as a whole overview of how to kind of manage uh, those type of projects. So. Um, yeah, what's what specific could we talk about first? Maybe, um, yeah, lead, lead, lead the next question on that one. Yeah, well, first let's get kind of a tiny bit of background. How did you kind of first get into the maker and kind of DIY world? Uh, yes, this one is really fun. So uh, more about my background. So I uh, don't have any college education, but in high school I did take a commercial arts class. So I was really interested in doing, uh, you know, traditional com commercial arts so you know like brochures print 2d design type stuff typography iconography that kind of stuff uh even uh, dabbled in photography and things so uh that's where the sort of world that i started so uh, my career was mostly in web design so for several years i want to say maybe a decade i, I did uh, i was a front-end web developer so i did all the front-end stuff wordpress websites and templates that sort of stuff I lived through the whole table, tabled like HTML going to tableless, uh, you know CSS and HTML5 coming down. Uh, so that's where I came from. The way I got into the maker stuff is actually because of the makey makey. Uh, when we saw that Kickstarter, uh, me and Pedro saw the Kickstarter because it's just circling the, the interwebs, and we were really fascinated by the type of projects uh, that you could do with it. Um, so we've always been uh, video guys. We always have done uh, kind of Photoshop tutorials and things like that. Uh, and that kind of uh, that kind of started us off on uh, kind of doing that whole tutorial-based thing, uh, just getting inspired by other people like the Photoshop guys. Uh, before the days of YouTube, there was a, a group of people that would um, basically do like really beginner-friendly tutorials for learning Photoshop. So we thought we would do the same thing, but more with like kind of the R stuff. So like. Uh, Final Cut and, and Premiere and trying to doing that, but uh, with that background, um, we got the Makey Makey just because we just wanted to do something a little bit different, not so much software-driven tutorials. Uh, so I played around with the Makey Makey a little bit, and uh, one of the projects that I was seeing on Instagram was actually from Alex Hatchman, who made a, uh, a, a an arcade uh, MIDI controller. So it was basically like a guitar with uh, with arcade buttons, and I would really, really wanted my own. So I mm -hmm. figured, well, I have a Makey Makey, why not do it? So while that was happening, Pedro uh, was interested in, in um, he was 3D printing, um, I guess I gotta say, how did I get the 3D printer? So the Makey Makey came out first, right? <laughs> right? We had that, it was around 2011, and then around, 20, the, around the beginning of 2012 is when uh, MakerBot announced at CES the Replicator, the very first one. They had already done, you know, the Thingamatic, and the uh, before that, the Cupcake. So the the Replicator was really interesting because uh, Pedro was really more into the 3D. He actually went uh, to school for for uh, 3D animation. Uh, I really didn't have that much background, but he did go to uh, digital. Uh, what is it called? DMac. It was 
It's just called DMAG. I don't remember the full name of it, but that's where he got his Digital kind of Media education. Arts College? Is that what it is? I think that is. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So I, I sat in a couple classes, but I didn't really attend it so well. But he that's what uh, appealed him to get the, the MakerBot. While I was playing with the Makey Makey, um, he started looking for um, LED lights. So he wanted to light up uh, some logos because that's what he was doing at the time. He was 3D printing oh. logos and you know other models and things. Uh, so... He got some. He he stumbled across Adafruit, uh, just because he was searching for LED lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he picked up. Uh, I think it was a Flora and like a strip of NeoPixels, and he got really uh, interested in in learning more. And as we started seeing more, we started noticing that that they uh, that Adafruit did live streams. So he got interested in that, and he actually uh, asked a question while. Um, while watching Becky Stern's show and actually won uh, a color sensor. And that was like, that right there I think is what hooked him. And then he's, and then we just started watching it every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as that was happening, I started um, basically designing my own uh, arcade uh, guitar, MIDI, MIDI guitar, using the Makey Makey as sort of the way to bridge, like I don't know any program, I really don't know electronics, but it made it so easy for me to not have to worry about that and just kind of do the thing that I know how to do and, and wanted to learn more about, which was just kind of designing things uh, in whatever app I was using at the time. Uh, so I kind of came up with a little prototype. Uh, and then um, I looked at what Pedro was doing, and I, I decided to bring the Flora. And uh, at the time, it was called the Amplify project, where it would have a little microphone, a couple of NeoPixels, and it would turn into this VU meter. And I was like, that would look really yeah. cool on the neck of the guitar. I did that one, too. I went through that. You did that one, too? Yeah. That was super fun. So I added all that stuff together and uh, cobbled up this crazy contraption thing. And it was really all inspired by all everybody and uh, mainly Alex Hatchman because he kind of came up with that idea. Um, and, you know, uh, once I had that together, um, we, we found out about the Show and Tell show, and we figured we'd go on the Show and Tell and show it off. So... I did that. It didn't actually work out the first time because I couldn't get the audio working right. So I had to wait the next week to kind of figure out all the audio stuff. And uh, when I did, man, they really liked it. They liked it so much that uh, they actually, uh, PT Phil, uh, emailed us back and said, uh, hey, we have this new thing called the Easy Key Bluefruit that's coming out. Would you like to try it and put it in your thing, potentially write a tutorial for us? And we're like, yes. That's yes, we would love that. <laughs> what, what, where, where do we sign? What NDAs? And you know, this is us, brand new. We had no idea about open source or really the, that whole sort of thing. Uh, and it was funny to get that email back from Phil. I was like, no, you don't have to sign anything. It's cool. We trust you. I was like, okay, cool, awesome. Because we're coming from this corporate world where you have to sign things, and mm. you know, you can't talk about it. You're an embargo and all this. But Adafruit really was kind of the 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 starting point of what is open source. Uh, and, and what does it mean to have like a community? So that's kind of, I know it's a little scatterbrained, but that's pretty much wow. how it came out. It was really down to getting the the makey makey and getting a replicator, and then just kind of being inspired by projects and Adafruit and other and other uh, people as well on Instagram. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's kind of how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So what was what's interesting though is that I really didn't have that background in uh, in in electronics. Uh, it was just more of uh, I could do photography and video, and I'm creative. How do I use these things uh, to make interesting uh, videos and, and photos and things? And it kind of, you know, bred all those kind of things together. Uh, so that's kind of how it started. Yeah. 
Makey makey. <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah. thing is awesome. Well, and that's I a common thread. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just saw mine the other day, like in my monthly cleanup of my workshop. I found mine. I thought, actually, one of my very first projects that I did, and I don't remember how much I shared this because it was so early on, but my wife and I made uh, a painting. She painted it, right? Because I'm not that guy that, that can paint. But she painted it, and it was like a, a galaxy. And it had these planets, but the planets were painted with bare conductive ink. Oh, in yes. black. So they were like all eclipsed. And then we had just a, at least a line of paint somewhere that would go to the edge. And then we clipped the alligator clips around and used the makey makey. And then I used like a software instrument with probably GarageBand because it was the easiest thing to load up. And and we showed like my family. We had this, this evening when we showed them how you could. I did like a software synth, like a pad, like something just big and very yes. ethereal. And you could just touch the planet and it would play a different note that would just swell. And they were just, and it was so easy, you know? And I think yeah. that was a big one for me. And, and honestly, the other, I was watching both of those shows, even the first one where, where it didn't work, your first show and tell for the Makey Makey. Or oh, for the, yeah. I was yeah. watching. It was the Makey Makey, yeah. And I was watching yeah, it and great, I saw yeah. the second one. And that was, a, I mean, for me too, because I was coming from a musical background a lot more than a technical. Like I, I love music and MIDI was something I was obsessed with and, and loved the idea of making your own, you know, MIDI controller. So when I saw that too, that was definitely something that kind of got me excited. So yeah, that's, that's cool. That's great, man. I love that story. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that too, like just kind of coming up with just uh, really quick and dirty prototypes, I think is what was allowed everybody to kind of have access to this without knowing the nitty gritty detail that uh, I guess you kind of need before that. So yeah, really it, awesome. It gives you confidence too, because like I, I make the analogy, it reminds me of when I was learning guitar as a kid. I had a guitar teacher that, bless her heart, she was a sweet lady, but um, the songs she was trying to teach me were just terrible i had no interest there like folk yeah. songs and and what really unlocked guitar for me was learning some easy songs that i already liked like some red hot chili peppers or learning you know something that i could it was at my level but it was something i could get my feet wet with and i was like oh my gosh i'm playing a song that i love and i think that's in a way it's almost like the adafruit learning system is like guitar tabs for engineers or like upcoming wow that's a great analogy engineers. Yeah, because it's yeah. like you don't have to know, you don't have to have a degree in engineering the same way a guitar player doesn't have to know how to read music and doesn't have to have to know music theory. Exactly. So yeah, it's kind that of is so true. Done. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's it's really about finding something that inspires you to be driven and then learning as you're because you just have that drive and you just want to keep pursuing it. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, will help anybody really is to kind of find that project. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of takes us into the the meat of this interview because now um, in the timeline you're kind of thrown into um, doing tutorials, and you guys kind of have some experience in um, in making videos that are tutorials, right? There's kind of this you have your head in the space of doing like teaching people how to do something step by step, almost like technical writing, but you're making these videos. So yeah. you kind of had an idea um, when you started doing learning guides, but that must have been exciting and kind of scary too like all of a sudden oh absolutely because we hadn't done it before and um the only other people that we could really know was really becky stern to kind of watch what she's doing and kind of emulating that because um, at that time yeah we really didn't know how to write well so we kind of had to be forced to kind of learn how to really think about 
a project, uh, how to start it, and kind of think about it chronologically, like where do I start and how do I finish? Because right. uh, as you're building it together, you're going to do some stuff over here and do some stuff over there, not necessarily in this order. So once you build it once, then you can step back and you can look at it and go like, okay, well, I could probably do it better if I do it this first or do it that way first. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. It, yeah, it really is, uh, you know, looking at other people's stuff and, and uh, figuring out how you can fit yours into into that and coming up with your own format kind of really, um, but yeah. Cool. So then what is a typical day like for you now or a typical oh, week? Oh, wow. <laughs> a typical week uh, consists of quite a few different things. It depends on what day it is, but uh, uh, throughout the day, it's, it's, it's mostly stuff in Fusion 360, uh, 3D printing a prototype, uh, soldering a prototype, um, cameras yeah. throughout. Cameras throughout, yeah, <laughs> figuring out what shot I need to get, that sort of thing. But uh, as as we made more and more projects, we're kind of streamlining the process a little bit more, uh, so we're not all over the place too much. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good ba it's a good mix of all those things because we want to have a couple things in the pipeline. Um, so maybe one or two pro or two or three projects really that we're trying to do at the same time. Uh, so that's kind of what helps us. Um, yeah, so it's all those things um, and, and kind of spread out throughout the week. Yeah. Would, do you feel like incorporating so much social media like throughout the process, do you feel like it's a conscious effort? Is it a distraction? Because I know you guys are active and that takes it's, time. It's a, it really do, it's, a, it's kind of a balance that you, hit, you have to hit because it, it can take a little bit of time, uh, but it's so important to kind of share your progress because you can get the feedback from people. If you're stuck somewhere, it's, it's really helpful to yeah. share something that you're stuck at and then people can really look at it and help you out, um, which, which is amazing. You don't know that people are going to help you out until you post something out there. Uh, so that's really important. Um, but yeah, sharing the process has been something that uh, I kind of need to do a little bit more. Uh, Pedro's kind of been beating me at it uh, lately with his Snapchats because he's, he's been having fun with that. And that just kind of simplifies the process too. Uh, so you don't have to like, you can quickly just snap it and there yeah. you go it's you don't super have to explain thing. anything either it's like just no, get it's just, what you yeah. want out of it yeah, yeah exactly hmm. uh, so that's something I need to work on a little bit more uh, is just kind of sharing more on day to day I kind of try to I tend to do it now after the project is done uh, just to kind of get uh, something out there uh, so that's something I kind of need to work on to be honest but uh, I think I think you and other people are definitely doing a, a good job of just constantly share and publish and you hear that quite a bit it's like to just keep sharing out there po po uh, post frequently publish frequently is what you hear too mm -hmm. uh, so that's very very helpful yeah I agree and I think there there's been kind of an ebb and flow for me there have been times where I was a lot better and then I kind of went through a period where I was a little like more nervous about sharing stuff that I was working on and projects that I had, but especially like in the last few weeks, I've just decided to kind of throw caution to the wind and just post as much as I can because I figure, you know, the thing about social media is we're all used to just scroll, scroll, scroll. And if someone sees something that they're not interested in, they're, they're not going to hate you for it. They're just going to keep scrolling. So it doesn't yeah. really hurt to just share because the people who, you know, might, like you said, might have some insight for you, might have some experience with what you're working on, it'll catch their eye and, and they'll be the ones that engage with you. So you don't really have to worry about the negativity. Exactly. And it kind of inspires you too. When you see something that you've gone through and you see somebody else has that same problem, it's really, you just, something inside you just goes like, I want to mm -hmm. tell them how, what happened, what was my experience like. So I like that kind of feedback loop there. That works oh, yeah. really well, especially Big with time. the community. Yeah, and that community building and that 
community kind of excitement is really huge with makers and especially on social media. There's just so much support. And I think that's been the other element other than just the excitement of making things like cool things by myself with my own tools in my own, you know, in my own house. The other side of it has just been having other people who are doing the same thing with varying degrees of experience and knowledge. That's, that's been the other thing that has kind of gotten me into this more and more. You said it, man. So another question for you then, um, we're getting close to the end here, but uh, how, how do you always have new ideas in the pipeline? Is there kind of a, a mechanical process to that? Do you have to have like a list at all times of ideas you want to work on? And how does that a work? List of, yeah, so a list is very helpful. Uh, so we have the kind of this large list we just throw ideas at. And we kind of, we kind of look at different things. So we look at... Uh, what what what's what new product is out there? This one thing is like so. What what's at my disposal right now? What kind of things that are new that I can kind of play around with that I haven't worked on with? So that's one thing. Another thing is like, well, what kind of pop culture stuff is happening right now? Uh, so is, is there a new movie coming out? Is there a new video game that's launching that we want to take a look at? So trying to uh, get why the reason why we do that is because we think that if somebody finds uh, is really really passionate about Zelda, for example. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find the Zelda uh, project and be hopefully get inspired to to make their own or try to try to do this for themselves. Uh, so there's that thing. Um, so a little bit of, of products, a little bit of, of pop culture, and then holidays. Is 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 it back to school? Should I work on something that uh, that's that could be useful for school, or is it um, is it summertime? Is it time to do some solar projects? Uh, is it winter? Is it trying to do something? That's glowy and nice. Uh, so all those kind of things, we, we try to look at that. And of course, there's ideas always coming from uh, higher up. So Lady Ada has a lot of ideas. PT always has some fun ideas, random ideas. Those are really fun to do. The random ones, like a like a like a finger fidget board. It's like, what is that? Oh, yeah. it's, it's to me, it was more like a like a fun technique and and learning how do I make this the actual deck. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. It's very different. Uh, so it's a, it's a bunch of those things, um, but yeah, having that list is definitely something. Um, and then of course, just looking at what is out there right now. If you see something that you that attracts you, uh, emulate it. You know, there's no shame in that because uh, you can have your own spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one thing too. Is what I do with music is I listen to some you know a, a certain genre or a certain thing, and I want to kind of emulate that. So that's what I try to do as well. Awesome. Yeah, that's a cool perspective on it, and that's a good analogy. Um, are you ever afraid you're going to run out of ideas? <laughs> uh, no, there's, there's. I did in the beginning, in the very beginning. Uh, I remember telling PT like, I don't know if we can keep uh, doing this, and I would always be kind of afraid. But now the, the the fear has gone away. It's just like, I wish I had more time to do the ideas. Is really it? There's almost too many ideas. So uh, yeah, that's the way it should be. Well, you always seem to have awesome things, and it's exciting to, to <laughs> see what's coming down the pipeline. Usually. That's the thing about social media too. Is I'll see just like a glimpse of a project. I'm like, oh man, yeah, it's just gonna yeah. be a few more weeks, and then I'll start to see what this is all about. So that's cool. Um, uh, I think just one last question. Um, any advice for makers who maybe have a project that's stuck and they're having trouble finishing? Because I think that's something that happens to all of us. I'm sure it happens to you guys still. Like you probably always yeah. have projects going on, and there must be a point where you think, okay. Like this project isn't moving along, and we've hit a roadblock. What's kind of your idea with dealing with that? Yeah, so, so it, it kind of depends on what the project is and the roadblock. I have had my my handful of like 
projects that I put on the shelf. You just start another one. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of keep. You you start another one until you find the one that drives you to kind of almost be finished. Right? Nothing's really ever finished, but something that is enough to share and you're kind of proud of it. Then that's when you you can call it done. You can start publishing it and sharing it. Um, so yeah, a lot of the times you know you'll see the the work in progress thing on a Thingiverse file, and it, it'll always be a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But that's what's good. You know, a lot of the times I'll revisit things. So I'll, you know, we've done how many pie girls now, mm-hmm. and I've done how many displays now. Or it's like an enclosure, it's just refining it. So uh, when you get stuck, um, kind of step back, look at it, and then see what else is out there. And if you're still stuck on it, look at something else that's going to attract you. I think that's that's helpful. Um, yeah, but it, it is it can be very difficult to just get started. Uh, so it, it, it is start many different times. <laughs> like just get a bunch of things going, and and uh, one of them will will you'll eventually get driven to finish it, or whatever finishing means really uh, exactly. enough to share something. Yeah, so it it really is up to you what is finished. So. If it's just uh, you know something that is worth enough to put throw it online, to throw it online, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what? And I think maybe for this interview, that might be the best takeaway. Like I think that's something that I've struggled with before. It's just like knowing that it's okay to share something that you still want to work on more eventually, you know. And yeah. having that, being comfortable with a product. I mean, I'm calling it a product in this case, a project, but. Um, Because kind of my focus is on creating the things that you would like to see on the market. And I don't know, you know, how often you really make something that is going to turn into a business, but it's kind of this element of creative problem solving. And you think, like, I've got this issue that keeps coming up and I'd like to make this thing to solve this problem. Um, But a lot of us really struggle with getting to that stage where we're like, yeah, it's not perfect, but like, I should share this. You're usually kind of so invested in a project that you're afraid of what other people are going to think of it. And and it's like, if I know there's something more I want to do with it, imagine what, you know, a professional, you know, engineer, or, you know, there's, especially with the internet, because, you know, you're basically asking to be shamed sometimes, or it seems like it, (laughs) you know, that's not really the case. And that was what I was trying to bring up earlier. But I feel like that's a skill that people who, you know, really want to get that jet fuel that is the community, you know, support from other people giving you ideas. If you're not afraid um, to share your projects in whatever state they are, then it helps so much, right? Yeah, another great thing is the community is awesome, man. Like, people will take what you've done and add on top of to it. So that is really great. A good example is with the Pygro project. Like, I don't have audio in it, right? I, I don't have a headphone jack in it. People, you know, will will add that and and really add that extra value to it, and it's really ultimately contributing to that project, which is really really cool. So, you know, you've done your thing, throw it out there, and and hopefully uh, inspire someone else to kind of build on top of it. And that really is kind of the ethos of open source and, and getting your projects out there is to have other people work on it too. Mm-hmm. So when you're stuck on there, um, you can get unstuck. Just just throw it out there to the community, and and they can help you out. I think that's kind of our job then, like is making people feel comfortable taking our ideas and running with them as well, you know, and just mm-hmm. where we kind of have to preach that to, you know, nerdy boys and girls everywhere that you can make something cool and you don't have to know everything when you get started. And that was me too. Like, I think one of my very first projects was that little thermometer that I showed on show and tell. It was a Altoids tin 
and mm-hmm. I used that component that I thought was really cool, the infrared thermometer component. I thought that would be really neat, and I already know how I might use that. But you know, it was so hard for me. It must have taken me like at least a couple of weeks, if not a month, to get up the courage to say like, like I know this isn't perfect, but I want to share this because it's cool. And I want like other people to feel the way, that same way as well. Like you can tackle a project that you literally going into it feel like you're totally clueless on how to execute because there's yeah. people out there who will, will guide you. And there's Adafruit with endless resources and other websites and forums. So, yeah, yep. I, I want to get that out there. I want people to hear that and believe it. It's really fun uh, to work on a project that kind of is in that state. Um, so another a good example is the Guardian robot thing, mm-hmm. right? So Steve put that design together, and then I it wasn't me who thought up like, oh, let me add a server to it. It was actually somebody else's idea. And and since I uh, I put the LEDs in a different spot, people are like, well, why don't you put it in the eye? Mm-hmm. So you get that feedback loop, and you see other people, and you kind of meld those things together. And what was really fun is that... I kind of didn't have to design that part. I just had to make that one piece and contribute back to that project. So that was a lot of fun doing it. Because uh, I usually don't do that, right? It's usually something that I started and I had to finish. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to not have to start it but and like kind of branch it off, right? Like in the GitHub world, it's like I, I forked it and made yeah, my yeah. branch of it. So it's really cool that you can do that. Mm-hmm. So if you are stuck or you're, you're, heart, uh, you're stuck um, getting started, uh, you know, start off with something that's already there and then just fork it. Yeah. I think that's that's a good way to start too. Yeah, like with the learning system, that helps so much and just the internet in general because if, if someone tomorrow says, you know what, I would like to make a, a MIDI controller, a do-it-yourself MIDI controller and I want it to look yeah. like a <laughs> ukulele or who knows what crazy idea. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they may have never heard of Adafruit, but, you know, if if we're lucky, they Adafruit's big enough and things have been shared enough that they start to do some digging and they're going to stumble on maybe your first project that is similar to that. And all they have to do is, you know, make their own tweaks and make it their own. And that, that's so cool. That's so powerful. Yeah, man, totally. Um, there's so many places too. So, uh, we have instructables, we have, uh, we have, uh, something new from make, uh, just came out with make share, I believe. Right. We oh, have Hackster yeah. IO, and it's really great because uh, a lot of these companies will actually sponsor you because they're looking for that content. So, uh, that and then another great uh, uh, way to get started is this, those contests, right? It's a great way to kind of drive you and, and have something, uh, an end goal at the end. So always kind of be browsing uh, those sites and looking out there and seeing what's what people are doing and seeing what really catches your eye. I think that's a good tip as well. Definitely. Just kind of constantly browse and see what people are doing. Yeah, and I, I, that's where I get most of my ideas, and that's kind of where I see what other people are doing. And sometimes it's not even necessarily that I want to do everyone else's projects, but I just see something, and I'm like, oh, that's the next level. Like, that's the next stage. I want to incorporate these kinds of elements. And, and show and tell also, I, I can't yeah, recommend that enough. Because you get so many crazy ideas from show and tell, and you just see random you know, kids and adults and you know, people of all ages sharing things, and and that so easily can give you ideas of, of things that you'd like to do. <laughs> you know, that's actually something Lamar has said. Is like I get inspired by show and tell, and I think that's why they continue to do it as well. Is uh, they they get to see what tools do the do the people want do the folks the community wants needs. Right. You know, just by kind of looking at the project, you can figure out what kind of uh, new new boards uh, people might be interested in. Yeah. Well, and I don't want to take too much credit for it, but. There was an, an episode of Ask an Engineer where um, I believe it was the first Pi Girl. They were showing it off, and 
um, it, during the question part, I, I threw up the question. I was like, do you think there's any way at some point we could really run like RetroPie on here? And she started to say something about like right. frame buffer copy. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. There, it was kind of like that, you know, that yeah. line from Dumb and Dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. And that was just yeah. a dream of mine. And then, you know, a while later, that must have started something going in her head. It's like, maybe we could do that. And you know, that's right. She did yeah. all the work. So but... asking questions <laughs> is definitely useful too. Yeah, I mean, Phil B too. Yeah, <laughs> he helped a lot. Yeah, that's true. Phil B is huge on that stuff. So mm -hmm. anyway, well, that's really all the questions I have for you. But I seriously can't tell you how much I appreciate you giving me so much of your time tonight. Uh, we got some really cool stuff I think out of this interview. And uh, for everyone watching, if like I said, if you're not familiar with Noe, if you're not familiar with Adafruit. You seriously need to take a week off work and absorb because there's just so much that, that you can learn and be inspired by. <laughs>